Hey, I'm Clayton. And I'm Sean, and we're men who like men who like movies. We're two queer men who love movies, and we love talking about movies. And after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. I love this movie. What did you pick out for us this week, Clayton? Oh, this little movie from 2010, Black Swan. Never heard of it. Might have heard of it, you know. Uh, Was it it like nominated for anything, or was it? I never. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of my favorite Oscar wins ever, honestly. But uh, Black Swan is it a documentary? Is it a nature documentary? (laughs) Kind of. Um, (laughs) You know, a documentary into the psyche of a very specific type of person, perhaps. Um, But yeah, Black Swan. I picked this out because I saw this in theaters back in 2010 and have loved it ever since. It is one of my comfort movies. I pop this on all the time. Um, I watched this more times for this podcast than I needed to under the guise of research, but I really just want an excuse to watch Black Swan multiple times without looking like a weirdo. Um, but yeah, yeah. look like a weirdo. I, I do. <laughs> and uh, we've got a, a special returning guest to help us out with talking about Black Swan today. Uh, Russell Garrett from the Drafty Quarters podcast net- network. Uh, you might remember him from our Winter's Bone episode. Thank you for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, this was your first time with Black Swan, right? Yes, I hadn't seen this before. So initial thoughts? Um, strange, <laughs> interesting, a lot of depth. Good, good qualifiers. Yeah. So uh... <laughs> those are words I'd use to describe this movie. Perfect. Like yes. that's probably what they, that's probably what they should write as like the tagline. Like strange. <laughs> I feel like psychosexual should be in there somewhere though. Uh, Sean, yes. what's your relationship to Black Swan? Uh, I actually went and saw this in theaters too. I went by myself and remember just sitting with a large popcorn and staring at the screen and getting probably far too aroused than I should be over the uh, Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman scene. Um, And that was more information that i was planning on divulging today but yes i've always loved this movie i think it's absolutely brilliant um it's my favorite darren aronofsky film uh and natalie portman deserved her oscar yeah she did (laughs) (laughs) uh so would you guys recommend this 150 percent uh to the right person (laughs) <laughs> not just anyone but yeah i, I mean I for the that. most part i would recommend it it is a it is a movie of a it requires a, a lot from its audience um like yes at the service level there's a lot going on but like if you really are in tune to the movie and what it's trying to say and everything that like natalie portman is doing i think it just makes this so much more worthwhile um so i'd agree with you sometimes it it will take the correct audience i am definitely a target audience for this yes you Um, are (laughs) it's a lot of beats that i love i love those movies that like take you into a very 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 niche look of life like whiplash this tar 
uh, even Molly's game, you know, in the world of high stakes poker and Itania and just <laughs> it's fascinating. Love it. Well, it allows you to kind of experience a little vignette of like someone else's life. Like, yeah, this may be dramatized. And I know a lot of ballerinas and uh, people in the ballet profession are kind of like, well, it's not really that close. But like, this is, yes, it may be an exaggeration, but it does show a lot of the like hard work and determination that it takes to do this like this field. Like, it is extremely like physically emotionally and mentally taxing and i find i find it fascinating that you get a little you you know this is yes we're, we're looking at someone's damaged psyche um but like it, you know if you're if if it wasn't starring you know her like this would be a fantastic view i would say even if it's not completely the truth <laughs> probably more interesting <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I feel like a ballet documentary would not uh, be a hit. But those probably don't have Mila Kunis going down on Natalie Portman either. Um, if there is, point me in the direction of that documentary, because that sounds awesome. <laughs> mm. I wasn't the only one aroused, apparently. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't uh, know how many times I'm going to use arouse in this podcast, but we're going to be we're going to be there. Okay, that should be it. Uh, speaking of aroused, have either of you ever been going to town on yourself only to realize your mom was feet away asleep in a chair? Jesus Christ, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't say that I have. Check the room. Check the room. <laughs> horrifying absolutely horrifying she she literally looks like a foot to her left to her right and she's just like right there like how did she not see her when she woke up like does she have tunnel vision like does she need glasses like is that why she keeps seeing herself is because she doesn't see people's actual faces maybe (laughs) she's just blind (laughs) (laughs) sorry alternate take (laughs) nina sayers just needed glasses just needed glasses (laughs) but then again black bifocals doesn't really sound that great either no black swan too much catchier title (laughs) so uh you guys ready to get into this uh wonderful gem of a film let's do it all right there will be spoilers ahead for this movie from 2010 that i'm not going to do the math on because that hurts um 20 it's what <laughs> it's what thir- oh my god thir- it's 13 years old yeah. Thir- what yeah yeah it really does hurt see mm-hmm. i like doing it to you because you do it to me every time <laughs> mm. awful so uh this was a darren aronofsky directed film i love everything i've seen of his i have not yet seen the whale um but i'm sure it will be fascinating this is a screenplay by mark Heyman, andreas hines and john mclaughlin wonderfully composed by clint mansell i love the score to this i could listen to it all the time and have on more than a few occasions and one of my favorite aspects of this movie, it's impeccable sound design from Ooh. Brian Emmerich. 
I completely Ooh. agree with you on the composer and sound design. The, both are some of the best I've ever heard in a movie. Like, whenever you talk about your sound system, this is the movie I want to watch with your sound system. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, this is, it's such a beautiful interpolation of, like, Tchaikovsky and his, you know, Swan Lake into a very, like, almost thriller like which is is a thriller you know like it it really bumps it up into like a thriller score which i find is absolutely fascinating and just the little whooshes yeah the little whispers and whooshes and yeah it it's so unnerving like even to just be in a city where like everything feels like it's like breathing on you and like watching and just walking Ugh, why'd by. you have to put it like that because <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's what it feels like like every time you're she's on the like every time she's on the subway i'm just like you're just like but then again like all air is like 90 percent fart or something like that so i mean like in a city you're just on top of each other that's a lovely statistic i wish i didn't know yeah I, it's less it's like 60% or something. 50%? Something like that. Let us know. <laughs> I don't know. That may be false. I think I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, the source of all wisdom. Got it. It has to be true. It was on the Wikipedia. <laughs> so, uh, Russell, what did you think of the technical aspects of this before we yeah, get I into mean... production and story? I have to agree that uh, the sound design was definitely some of the best sound design I've heard. Um, the all all the little intricacies of what they added in between, like there's even parts of dialogue where there's like a small pause in the dialogue and it leaves room for uh, either a swoosh or some sort of sound effect or like a sting or something. And I thought that, that was very interesting. The way the sound design was actually primarily what kept me into the movie. Um, so it's probably probably my favorite part of the movie. It is fantastic. I I mean, you weren't sucked into the world of ballet. I mean, no, not really. That that's a, <laughs> a world ripe for dramatic dramatic I... effect. I mean, why hadn't they thought of this before? Why don't we have fifty ballet productions a year? I mean. <laughs> So, well, <laughs> uh, so similar as last time I was on your show, um, I didn't know this movie was about ballet. I thought <laughs> what it was about. Think? I I thought it was about some some women go to a lake, and like a ridiculous uh, like acid trip thing ensues, and then when it started to be about ballet, I was like, oh, what am I even watching? <laughs> Oh my god, I love this because I, I need you to never know what movie we're watching. <laughs> Ever. Like, every time we invite you to something, just be all like, we're gonna ask, have you seen this? And you have to say no. If you have... <laughs> because I just love hearing you be like, yeah, this isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, I just can't believe you didn't know the plot of Black Swan. <laughs> every Everything I remember this movie everything I remember people talking about this movie about is the whole like five seconds of Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman, like being intimate. So I assumed I'd always assumed it was about like a girl's trip, like almost like a, like a, like a female version of Brokeback Mountain. Oh, 
that that was my impression of this movie. (laughs) So then I don't ever remember seeing a trailer. You were very startled. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was just kind of like, well, this is interesting. And then it did sort of remind me of Whiplash. So that was an interesting parallel. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Seriously, we. You just cannot know what we're watching. Like, I love this. Go in completely blind every single time. So, uh, this (laughs) movie about ballet, as it in fact is, um, (laughs) was nominated for five Academy Awards. Uh, Best Actress for Natalie Portman, which it won. Yay. Yay, yay, yay. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, which, gorgeous movie, so gorgeous, and Best Editing, but the only one it won was for Natalie Portman, but all those other noms, highly deserved. I think this movie is absolutely gorgeous. That's so strange to me. Which one? All of what you just said. That it was nominated for these? No, no, no. That the one that Natalie Portman is the thing that won out of all the great things about this movie. (laughs) So were you not impressed by her performance? Uh, Are are we talking about that now? Uh, I mean, came up. So (laughs) no. So the two things I disliked about this movie the most was actually Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's I, listen, that doesn't hurt our feelings. Like everyone has their own opinion. Like, do I judge? Maybe a little, but like, <laughs> like I'm human. Okay, sue me. But like, no, I want to. I, I just want to know. I want to know why. Like, what? Why? Why? What about the two of them was the least favorite part for you? Well, so with Mila Kunis, it was like she showed up and she was like, "Hey, I'm Mila Kunis, and I'm in this movie." And then with Natalie Portman, it was more like I didn't believe anything that she was doing for the first two thirds of the movie. And then she showed up for the third act. And I was like, where was this phenomenal acting at the other two parts of the movie? Okay. So that was so like because the beginning she's like she keeps doing this like fake cry thing. And it was driving me nuts. Cause like it wasn't, I didn't find it believable. I don't, I don't know. Like it was just very strange and off-putting like, and maybe I, maybe I just didn't get it, but like I, she like felt really stiff to me for like the first two thirds of the movie. So it was just, it's very strange that it was not received that way. Went to me when the movie came out, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I don't see her performance that way at all. That was just fascinating to listen to, though. <laughs> yeah. I think um, she's doing such interesting things with her performance. See, I I get where you're coming at with Mila Kunis, because I think Mila Kunis does play the same in a lot of things. But in this yeah. one, she does get, for me at least, she gives such an air of, like, all of her words could almost be, like, double-sided. Like, she could almost... Like, everything could almost be double meaning. Like, she's being really nice, but it also could not be nice. Like, it's it's very much, she walks that perfect line for me between, like, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to be your friend, and oh, I'm your enemy, I'm a frenemy, I'm trying to destroy you. Like, and I think, so for me, like, I just love that for Mila Kunis, because, you know, she's, you know, she's, that 70s show, she's, she's a beloved actress, like, she's done, yeah. 
so many great things and then like in this one she really does she walks the lo- that line so great <laughs> amazingly and i honestly thought she should have been nominated <laughs> like i understand why she wasn't but i think she i think her performance is much more subtle than natalie portman's and for for me at least natalie well i just i love every nuance of hers like you can see like those like she just gives these little looks like I don't know. Maybe I didn't notice the cry you're talking about, but like for me, it's in her eyes. Like she'll do this look at like people or when she's looking at someone and you can just tell she is so frustrated and so angry, but she's not going to show it because that's not who she thinks she is. And it's just, I find it, I I find it an incredible performance. Also, Mm. I don't know how familiar you are with Natalie Portman, Russell, like, I've watched a lot of Natalie Portman films, so this like really is her playing against type so much that it, uh, I think hits harder. Her being this, you know, really uh, kind of weak-willed yes. seeming woman. Yeah, because she's... yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go so ahead. no, you're fine. Um, so I get. I mean, I get what you're saying. Um with like the small little facial expressions and stuff like that that she does uh the I just couldn't I I guess primarily I couldn't get past her like cuz cuz for me the first 2 thirds of the movie I, it just looked like she was trying not to cry the whole time but while also <laughs> trying to pretend she's trying not to tr- to cry the whole time Oh so, see but like, I think that's actually a character choice. <laughs> I feel like that's literally <laughs> Nina because <laughs> Nina spends the whole movie like that's she's literally a nervous wreck like she's you know like uh, like her mom just says she's been scratching again like she has a and she's constantly uh, throwing up while she's standing up i mean who does that yeah like i just feel like (laughs) i i understand where you're coming from with it but for me i felt that was like a character choice like she's legitimately she is a nervous wreck she's supposed to be like this perfectionist and just like you know she has seven ulcers before she like gets stabbed in the gut yeah like she just she's so focused on being perfect that like she's legitimately it's so reserved and like removed from the world that like i feel like she would be if you give her an ounce of like like you give her any amount of like criticism and she's just like <laughs> you know like goes home and cries or throws up throws up standing up like you know she just i i, I get where you're coming from i i just thought that was more of a character choice yeah i mean so the the writing around the character and the the lines that the character has i i believe are all like a list a list level stuff mm-hmm. it's just more so like the delivery and the the just the the constant two expressions she has for the first two thirds of the movie is, is primarily what like was driving me insane, and then <laughs> with with Mila Kunis like I love so Mila Kunis. on the level Mila of being Kunis, driven insane like were you imagining feathers sprouting out of you? No, <laughs> <laughs> but that's when so I've talked about the negative parts that I didn't like when she's acting. But when you get to the third act and all the weird, crazy shit starts happening, like, more visually to her, like, she really, like, pulls that, pulled me in then, 
and there was like there was so much more depth added i felt like to the character and herself like in in that last part of the movie i don't know if that makes sense but no i i see where you're coming from um uh, it is an is, electric third act i will yeah yeah because, well but that's the part where like she finally lets go like she lets go of everything that she's held back the first two thirds of the movie so like right at this little moment, things like her sanity <laughs> yeah, yes like her, like her sanity and her hate for her mother and like her or or maybe not maybe hate is a strong word or her like i don't know her ire at her mother <laughs> and <laughs> what's that like, book you wrote about the relationship with your mother <laughs> i love you but please die um <laughs> but like she so she i feel like you're for me at least this movie is watching a woman who has always done everything so perfectly and had to do it perfectly and like has this such a a, a toxic relationship with her mother finally let go of everything and find the perfection in herself and i feel like the first two-thirds of it is very much like that is the weak white swan of nina and that's yeah. and and in swan lake that i don't know if you know the the story of swan lake or not a little bit yeah so like in swan lake like odette is very much like this beautiful princess who's turned into a swan and mm-hmm. like she's fragile and she's terrified and she's very much like you know like she's f- falls in love with the prince and then her evil twin or her Rothbard's um daughter Odile is her, basically her evil twin so the black swan is very much her antithesis she's beautiful she's sexy she's she's you know unnerving and she has not a care in the world and i feel like for this movie it's very much like the first part is the first two-thirds is natalie portman releasing her odeal while she is odette and i think that's that's where i that's why i'm like i i get where you're coming from but i also see for me it's very much she plays that line it's the same with like how mila kunis plays that line i think natalie portman just gives such an electric like performance like there are moments when you can tell she just wants to say something and she doesn't and then later she starts to stay say stuff and you know like she's becomes more and more bold and i think for me that's what makes the final act just so much more thrilling is because you finally watch this character erupt yeah yeah no i i mean i agree with pretty much everything you said you're just i don't i like just, it. <laughs> I, I just yeah like like as from the writing standpoint like i think the movie is extremely well written i think if it would have been written any poorer it it, it wouldn't have been i mean it, it wouldn't have gotten pulled off the way that it did and like it's just it's it's mostly like a i guess maybe a choice in acting or whatever that she's doing that i just dislike so like I mean clearly other people think that she's done a good job in this movie but <laughs> <laughs> like I just and it it might be the characterization but it was just that was my like I was like I feel like if they would have gotten like two two like really good dramatic actresses to play these two roles like this movie would have been even like more phenomenon phenomenal Okay 
Like who? I I don't know. I didn't do it. I didn't think of a fan <laughs> cast. <laughs> well, Scarlett Johansson. This... She said everything. No. <laughs> Not at all. No. <laughs> this is only one of seven horror films to be nominated for Best Picture, along with The Exorcist in 1973, Jaws in 1975, The Silence of the Lambs in 1991, The Sixth Sense in 99, Get Out in 2017, and Parasite in 2019. Very smallest. Very okay, hold smallest. on. This is also considered a horror film? Yeah. Te- technically, yes. I didn't understand this movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, it's very much more of a psychological thriller, and psychological thriller yeah. is considered in the horror genre, considering it, it deals with like psychological issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I usually like try to separate thriller and horror. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, technically, would you really consider like Parasite a horror movie? No, it's more of a thriller. I never considered Parasite a horror movie. But... <laughs> no, but it is a thriller, which is still like it is still embraced under the umbrella of horror. I will say any movie that has mirrors misbehaving <laughs> is a horror movie, in my opinion. <laughs> Yes, I know. I know how much you love Oculus. <laughs> I do, but it's also terrifying. Even that god awful movie Mirrors just terrifies me. Um, also, even I feel as... bad for Amy Smart in that one. Yeah. Speaking of mirrors, there is a mirror or reflective surface in nearly every shot of this film. The only noticeable place where there isn't one is when Nina is on stage during the climax, performing the Black Swan, when her dark side has completely taken over. I am always incredibly impressed in a movie with a lot of mirrors works. Mirror work. Because I'm just like, where do they put the camera? I don't understand it. Well, now you can digitally take it out. So, I mean. <sighs> no, but Really still. hard is hard. <laughs> Paint your camera green. <laughs> well, I still think it's neat. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh... No, I I absolutely agree, especially because like you're in a ballet studio multiple times in this movie, like it's a ballet movie. I guess that would make sense, but like a ballet studio is like nothing but like full floor length mirrors, like, and you you never get a hint of it. But I feel like Darren Aronofsky was just staring at the screen, just being like, "There's got I will not get a single one." <laughs> yeah, he's very uh, precise. Mm-hmm. I like it. Love Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> um, did you know that during the dance club <laughs> sequence... <laughs> Do you know where the toilets are? Sorry. Uh, most of the people are either versions of Nina, Lily, Thomas, or other aspects of the ballet... The only spot you can clearly see flashes of Nina as the black swan on the dance floor is when the voices chanting Nina's name are playing. Most of them are nearly impossible to pinpoint while watching the film at full speed, but there are over 1,000 manipulated images in the 45-second scene. It's amazing. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. It's very disorienting. Um, that's everything I had for just like weird factoids and production stuff. 
Um, for our cast, we've obviously already talked about, we've got Natalie Portman as Nina, Mila Kunis as the free-spirited Lily, Vincent Cassell as the ballet director Thomas, Barbara Hershey as Natalie Portman's terrifying mother Erica, Winona Ryder as a very, very uh, memorable glorified cameo as Beth, and uh, she has a couple scenes. It's more, I guess it's slightly more than a cameo. I mean, she does get her freak out at the. She does. You, you little whore. <laughs> like, you know, like. <laughs> Did you suck his cock? Did you suck his cock? Some of us don't have to. <laughs> I was so happy in the theater when I saw Winona Ryder because this was like right after she was first kind of coming back to Hollywood after her uh, little stint away. Um, and I was just really glad to see her getting work again. She did. And she's actually really good. Um, like she does play that, like, I don't know, like over the hill ballerina very well. Like she's very much, she seems at the more I watch it, the more I enjoy her, like her, her little like snide remarks and just, you know, like when she's lifting her, like there, he's toasting her and she's just like, mm-hmm, whatever. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think of. Uh, Russell, do you think Natalie Portman stabbed Winona Ryder in the face or did she imagine it? Or did she stab herself in the face? Uh, I, my assumption was that she imagined it. She imagined but, it happening? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't know that there was enough to really determine. I mean, like, well, I was like ultimate unreliable narrator, so. Yeah. Another story trope i really like love a good unreliable narrator i don't know i always thought because she goes into the when she goes into the elevator she like drops it and like her hand is bloody but like yeah because it's like what we're seeing from her perspective is that beth did it to herself but then she gets in the elevator and it's like her hand's bloody and she drops it on the floor so i'm like i kind of think she stabbed her yeah but i don't know I'm it's not actually subjective. I agree yeah, with I'm... you though. There's not a lot of uh it doesn't give you that information. I'm not actually entirely sure that the third act ever even happens. <laughs> I love that this movie can have these like <laughs> interpretations <laughs> that you could probably completely support. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it it it's been a couple it's been a couple weeks since I watched it, but cuz there's a point where she like goes to bed or when she like freaks out because the the stabbing of Winona Ryder happens after she freaks out and her mom locks her in the room right right so what I was wonder what I was thinking I guess was that after that whole thing happens like nothing else and afterwards actually happens oh when she hit her head on the bed yeah, 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 that's what it was when she hits her head on the bed. Uh, I also have a wrought iron bed frame, 
and I commented on that in my notes. I was like, she like <laughs> face plants off of that thing. I would be in the hospital. Like, <laughs> oh. see, I while I get where you're coming from, I don't think she would have imagined her mother. I think in her fantasies, she's never imagined her mother in the audience and for me her mom being there is what makes this real because she's her mother is finally seeing her yeah that's a really that i mean that's a really good point so for me i absolutely believe that the all of all, everything that's happening in the final act is actually happening but i do i that's a really good one i wasn't i never even occurred to me that it could have been like absolutely in her head because it could be like the whole everything that happens in this movie is very much a figment of her imagination in some way so i feel yeah. like that that absolutely is possible but for me it was just her mother being there it just makes it like i don't think she would have imagined her mother in that scenario speaking of her mother i think her relationship with her is the scariest part of the entire movie uh, even worse than the mirrors selves misbehaving. From which one's perspective? Ugh, any, any of it. It's just really unhealthy and horrifying. So, I've, I've what I, I think is a interesting take on the mother daughter relationship in the movie. Ooh, do tell. I don't think her mom's as much as a psychopath as she thinks her mom is. Like, I think she's projecting and or whatever illness she does have, I think, is causing her relationship with her mother to deteriorate. Huh. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. Uh, for me, it's the part where she, after she gets the black, after she, she wins the part of the Swan Queen and her mom comes home with the cake. Yeah. And she's like, there's a, she's like, oh, just a small piece. And she's like. I, I, my stomach's in knots and then she just like and then goes to throw it away and she's like no don't 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 like she's completely just like emotionally blackmailing her like and th there's and no reason not, for her to let's not forget the like here i'm gonna get a lot of this frosting and you're gonna suck it off of my finger because that's a normal thing to do with your mother yeah, that was a little weird um... <laughs> <laughs> but if you so think about it like this though, like we're we're only seeing like a small amount of like what her mother has dealt with, right? But she's been her mother's child the whole time. Right. And then there are a few points in the movie where her mom does try to give her like fair advice and fair warning and she snaps back at her. And I don't know that it's necessarily warranted, like when when she's like her mom's talking about, you know, well, you know, enjoy it while you have it or whatever. It's cause I didn't get to enjoy my career. And then she's like, what career? Like, that's a snapback that was unnecessary from from the perspective that the scene sets up. So then that led me to believe that uh, Nina was actually the... Like, instigator. being... Yeah, being the instigator. And if she's been dealing with all the stuff her, like, you know, let's say it started manifesting sometime in her late teens, and she's, like, 20-something in the movie at this point. yeah. So then, like, her mom's been dealing with this for, like, years. So her being aggravated over the not eating the cake and her daughter trying to be this perfectionist, like, could be warranted from her mother's perspective. Maybe it's not necessarily meant to be emotional blackmail as much as it's just 
her genuinely being frustrated. Okay. I, I like can, that I... you see it like that, but I just think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I like, mean, the, her, the... like, her mom, she has those, the paintings. Like, that's obsession. Like, she's way How... too... Do we see the paintings from her mom's perspective, or is it always from her perspective? I mean, that's valid, because it is from her perspective, but unless she's imagining that her mother is painting tons of pictures of her, which it could be a thing. Um, I was like, she's clearly so a narcissist. With me? <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if there's anything to take away, other, you know, then maybe she's schizophrenic, or, you know, maybe she does have uh, some deeper, darker, more heinous, like, mental illness. But at the at the base of her, like one of her core personalities she does exhibit is is narcissism. So her mom painting pictures of her that might not actually be her could be very, very likely. Ooh. I read a paper one time that was like trying to diagnose Nina from Black Swan. <laughs> <laughs> it was the longest thing, and I was just like all these things because it was basically like no one diagnosis explained all of it. So it was like she would have had to have all of these coexisting together. <laughs> yeah, I, like, oh, I would oh. say narcissistic personality disorder, schizophrenia, and some variation of uh, disassociative personality disorder. Yeah. And just Jiminy Cricket syndrome because she calls herself a whore um, on the mirror, <laughs> <laughs> as we are wont to do when we feel a little slutty. <laughs> well, but it's not even when she feels slutty. It's just that's after she wins the Swan Queen. So she's literally just calling her a whore, be herself a whore, because she because she won it. <laughs> Like, it's her own, it's like, it, I don't know, it's like her own jealousy of of winning, she just can't handle the fact that she finally did. Or maybe somebody wrote whore, who knows. <laughs> oh, I totally think she did it. And it's I because she gave him kisses to get the part, and then <laughs> bit him. A whore. <laughs> So, uh, Russell, what do you think of Vincent Cassell's character? Also known as the worst boss ever. Yes. Thomas is the director? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought I, he did a good job, and like the character was, I guess, entertaining. That seems wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no well, but... well no you're not you're not wrong though because he is he's seductive in yeah. a lot of ways like he yet he is very pushy on the boundaries and like yeah. this is not yes. a, this is not a healthy <laughs> relationship with the director of your company but like he, he very he <laughs> does he walks that line between like <laughs> You might say uh, blurred blind. <laughs> <laughs> Calm it down there, Robin Thick. All right. Uh, uh, but like, I don't know. He just he does. He plays this like this this like 
everyone in this movie really does walk such a fine line of everything because like he's very much playing a, a kind of a dirtbag boss like yes he his job is to like to get the best like the best performance out of his actors but like there are so many little nuances in this that i don't like that i i i I notice more every time i watch it like for one like i don't know why this never caught with me but this time it did was like when mila kunis and uh natalie portman are talking about him and she and he's she's talking they're talking about beth and he's like and Natalie Portman's like, he calls her Little Princess, and Mila Kunis is like, oh, I bet he calls everyone Little Princess. And then at the end, like, when she, after she's done, you know, her jump, like, he's like, my Little Princess, I knew you yeah. could do it. And, like, it's just, it, it is just, it is such, it A, shows how smart Lily is, because she totally calls him out. Like, she she knows exactly who he is. And B, it just, it shows how much of a snake Vincent Cassell's character is. Like, he, yes, he's, yes, he may be very good at at getting a great performance. I mean, clearly, he has her believing she's literally turning into a swan. So, uh, kind of the greatest director of all time. (laughs) (laughs) I also would point out that he doesn't call her that till after Lily like puts it in her head True. that he Ooh. might call her that and and like you know once again that's what's so brilliant about this movie that's what makes this movie that's what made me like this movie so much was is is all of that little stuff like cuz he doesn't he doesn't say it i kept waiting for him to say it from the moment that he he called Winona Ryder it and so i was like okay like is he a creep cuz i want to know if this guy's a creep and I like after the movie's over, I still don't know because like how much of it is actually her interpretation versus how much of it is actually him being a creep. Oh, I feel like he's just a creep. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I mean, I she feel... did totally imagine that her and Mila Kunis got it on, so she could have imagined when he was like rubbing her hoo ha and telling her to open her mouth when he's telling her he's seducing her when it should be the other way around. Um, see, but for me, that feels just like something the character would do. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm I feel like, like that's I, just him. But I mean, come I, on, the first time we see him, he has a sweater tied around his shoulders, which is universal film language for evil. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was more douchey. <laughs> yeah, <Same thing>. is <laughs> he? He's he's probably a douche. But is it like he's like a Stanley Kubrick douche, or is it he's a Harvey Weinstein douche? Oh God! Um, like Harvey Weinstein was never that brilliant, and his—I mean, <laughs> the things he did to some of his movies that just shouldn't have been touched. Um. Ew. So I'm leaning towards less Harvey. I don't know. I, for me, he feels. He feels maybe like a, a Kevin lot. Spacey. Was that just as bad as? I'm not loving this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a conversation. Uh, no, I, I. He just. I don't know. He. He's just such. 
a, a snake. Such he's very predatory. Yes, he's so predatory. And it's it's too like y- you can tell it's too much. And like, yes, is some of it may be in Natalie Portman's head, but like there are aspects of it that I feel like are absolutely true. And like, I don't think she, anything. A lot of the things she imagined were, th- I think, are things that just happened in her like with just like one other person or whatever in in one setting so i feel like a lot of the things that happened with like a lot of people there she didn't just imagine like uh well doesn't doesn't he dismiss the rest of the studio right no i'm not talking just that one yeah i get where you're coming from i you know you're absolutely right so that could absolutely be in her head but i don't know i just he gives these little like he gives these little lines that just all the time are like that perfect mix of like predatory and also like almost uplifting <laughs> i don't know it's, it's such a yeah. hard it's I such mean, a get, hard character to i get what you're saying because he's he, it's a fine line between like him being inspirational versus him just trying to get his rocks off right and so like which is it and i mean i think that's the question for his character and I, I just don't think that it's answered. I think we're left with trying to discern whether or not he is a complete scumbag or whether or not he is just trying to bring out the best performance out of his, I mean, actresses. See, for I me, mean, the minute he builds her little princess, it's like, he's the scumbag. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he is scumbag. Yeah. He, he is bag of scum. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to rewatch this movie now from the entire perspective of like anything that Nina's showing us isn't really happening. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of imagined people, we hear about someone a lot in this movie, but we never see them. Who did you imagine as being Susie in the office? <laughs> um, I- I mean, you only hear her twice, right? <laughs> oh my god, her mom's always in the background talking to Susie in the office, or being like, oh, I talked to Susie in the office about it, and Mila Kunis is like, oh, I got it from Susie in the office. Like, she's constantly being talked about. <laughs> and you hear Barbara Hershey on the phone with her a lot, and I'm just like, who is this? Susie in the office that runs and knows everything. I pictured it as that chick from Monsters, Inc., that works in reception. <laughs> Jennifer Tilly? <laughs> Michael Wazowski! <laughs> are you talking um, the one with the hair snakes, right? <laughs> the Medusa one? Or are you talking Mike no, Wazowski? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one. That's who I'm talking okay. about. <laughs> Roz, I think her name was. <laughs> I better I like not catch you Susie doing now. anything crazy, Wazowski. She's down there, you know, chain smoking. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, maybe she's the one that wrote horror on the mirror. Working in, uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Just like horror, I wanted it. Or Barbara, or Barbara Hershey. I could believe it. I could have seen. Yeah. Um. What do we think? <laughs> Does Barbara Hershey have a job? Yeah, painter. Yeah, she I mean, sell, sells those fabulous paintings of her daughter. Only my daughter. I'm in my Natalie Portman period. 
Mother, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, these all look like me. Uh, <laughs> no, it's Natalie Portman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that really what she does for money though you think like people pay for that i don't know they're in new york they're in the upper west side she does something she's got some patrons <laughs> i mean this is before OnlyFans. um <laughs> <laughs> i still get before OnlyFans. i do not want to see barbara hershey's only fans I love you, Barbara Hershey. You are a fantastic actress. I do not want to see your OnlyFans. Unless you're teaching me how to paint. <laughs> Tell you what, four ninety nine a month. She can <laughs> if she goes up to I the five ninety nine, we're canceling. As long, as long as she calls you sweet girl every night. Oh, yeah. If she charges me more a month than what a quesadilla from Taco Bell does, I'll be upset. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of Taco Bell, have you had their new... um? grilled cheese double steak burrito thingy no no i haven't uh, i did go there earlier phenomenal i'm not a big burrito person but like that thing was amazing <laughs> um my little recommend for anyone out there looking for a late night treat <laughs> <laughs> i love it we we recommend movies we also recommend what's good at taco bell we are yeah. a full service <laughs> podcast yes <laughs> also buy resident evil 4 remake it is worth the full price money most fun game i've heard I've that a lot played uh phenomenal phenomenal um i could go on a very very long tangent about that but i will not it is a fantastic remake though and a great game in its own right and I am going to end up putting hundreds of hours into it. Almost as many as Nina puts in spinning in front of a mirror. Um, yeah. That scene when she is finishing out her black swan spinny thing and her nail splits. Ugh. Wouldn't that be like career ending? No. Because honestly, uh, ballet dancers lose their toenails all the time. Like it is, is a or, like it's a it's a regular thing. I've I have seen some things on ballet dancers because I always find I think ballet is fascinating. It is a uh, like just like the contrast of uh, I just. I don't know. I really, I love ballet. I love watching ballet. I think it's so fascinating. Like it's muscle. I enjoy seeing the Nutcracker at Christmas time because I mean, those boys in the tights are right. Nice. Well, um... I just ballet is just such of like it's a contradiction of itself. Like it's mute muscle, but it's also music and it's motion and and it's like fragility meets strength. And I, I just, I, I, they're also flexible. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> you'd, <laughs> you'd have to be. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I just, I love a ballet movie. I love a dancing movie. I think, I think they're just so much fun. I like the Swan Princess, um, which also tells the story of, you know, Swan Lake. <laughs> 
just in a happy cartoon version. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't fling herself off a cliff at the end. Yeah. Not my swan. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not my swan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist it. (laughs) I will say, um, one of my favorite mom moments from Barbara Hershey is after her nail splits and she's all bummed out that she messed up her audition after Mila Kunis so rudely walked in and made her fall down. Um, and she was like, maybe I'll make you a big swan. <laughs> she's like tucking her into bed. It's like, thanks. That made me so good. Feel so much better. <laughs> Maybe I'll make you a big swan. Well, but... It's like, okay, um, you were like 26 years old. <laughs> well, but she's right. There are there are multiple... Like, in Swan Lake, there's multitudes of, like, different kinds of swans. Like, there's the ones at the Adagio. I don't think I'm using that word. I don't think... Yeah. But, I mean, there's the main character or... <laughs> anyway, it's just such a mom thing to say. I thought it was funny. <laughs> While me, while Natalie Portman is going to bed in her room that looks like it is meant for a ten-year-old. Yeah, that was strange. Well, it's supposed yeah. to. Well, and it's kind of like also the costuming. Like one of the things I really love about this movie is like the deterioration of like of of Nina into the black swan into the her dark self like yeah she starts off in like pastels and pink and like white and she's very much like she's odette she is the this she's visually and mentally in odette's spot where she's beautiful and fragile and and chasing perfection and just you know like she lives in her childhood bedroom because she's never all she focuses on is perfection and perfecting her art and like as like her mental state phrase like her wardrobe really starts to incorporate more gray and black and then she that represented and she you know gets rid of all of her stuffed animals and destroys her music box like it's all signifying her like growth into you know the black swan into odile yeah odette sounds so much nicer than odile odile just sounds I don't know. Odette always makes me Not think of cool Odette name. Yusman. Annabel. Are they still together? I think it might be Yusman again. I don't remember. The one actress in Cloverfield. <laughs> and and um, House. I don't remember House very much. That was a long, long time ago. She was the one they were searching for in Cloverfield. Oh. Odette Yusman. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, she <laughs> was trapped up in her sky rise. Yeah, Got it. she was she she was penetrated by that rebar. Not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. <laughs> That's exactly why I said it. <laughs> uh, um. So uh, Nina goes to Tomas after they announce her as the new Swan Queen. Uh, 
he asks her if she is a virgin and if she enjoys sex. She says she is not, but I think she is lying. I think Nina is a 100% a virgin and has never so much as been on a date. Yeah, she's full shit. I don't know. I kind of... I don't think she's... Yeah, I don't... I think she's a virgin. I don't know about not dating. Because I feel like even being so focused on ballet, I feel like she would have been shunned a little bit by her peers for not even, like, taking an interest in boys. Or girls. No, I just feel like she's so... (laughs) What... Sorry, I just thought of that movie where it's like, boy, with a, what movie is it? Uh, where he's like, with a boy, or a girl, or a farm animal. <laughs> oh, is that uh, urban... I, I don't know. But is that that's... Urban Legend? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Urban Legend. When, yes, when it the is. Dean's it's like, Urban Legend. Where he's probably shacked off with some girl, or boy, or farm animal. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, college. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I, I, I wish hate when I, I remind could myself go of back to college. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and then he gives her the most wonderful advice I have ever heard in a movie: go home and touch yourself, live a little. Um, honestly, good advice. <laughs> you guys should go do that too when you finish the podcast. As soon as live we're a done. Little. Yeah. How often <laughs> do you live a little? Um... Are we asking? Everybody are we asking, asking, asking my asking aspiratory me? habits? <laughs> Everybody lives a little. <laughs> Shoot for it's, once a day, I guess. It's healthy. Yeah. Um, I lived a little bit last night. Um, anyway. And if this makes it to the final uh, cut, I'm going to be so surprised. Because <laughs> I feel like you're going to be editing this and you're just going to be like, oh, I forgot about that. And then delete. <laughs> oh, no, I'll be like, whatever. <laughs> um, Nina, so, so morning or night person. Oh, I am totally. We're going to talk I'm about it. Night, Let's talk about I'm it. An, yeah, I'm a night person. I'm not well, a. I'm not a morning masturbator usually. I mean, there are special occasions, but I like to start the day and end the day. <laughs> what about you, Russell? Where do you land on the spectrum of day to night? Most mornings. Really? Uh, so, yeah. When I work third shift, so if I work, it's a after work activity. Mm, yeah, makes and sense. Usually, when I wake up. Yeah, I feel like when I wake up, I like I want to, but then I've like got other things I need to do, and then by the time I'm like okay, now I've got time, then I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas at night, I'm like, I don't have anything else to like do. I love this. You're <laughs> so romantic with yourself. Focus on myself. <laughs> You're so romantic with yourself. You're like, we're gonna schedule sex, okay, self. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll pencil you in for I don't know nine thirty on Tuesday. <laughs> I can't cancel on me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, what about you, listeners? <laughs> Morning, night. Get in on this. Um. 
Yeah. So uh, Nina oh, can't we're going back buy <laughs> nail clippers. <laughs> oh, no, I, ha- I have a segue. She can't buy nail clippers and keeps scratching herself. So her mom takes scissors and cuts her nails for her. So Nina can live a little herself without scratching, you know, any of the important bits. Um, <laughs> and we get to one of the sexiest masturbation scenes in all of film, in my opinion. Uh, Russell, what did you think of her performance here? <laughs> Wooden or believable? <laughs> uh, definitely still not believable. <laughs> um <laughs> Like almost, like we're so close, but she's too so experienced she. to pretend that she's not. <laughs> yeah, I thought she seemed close too. <laughs> this is such a good thought. <laughs> she has a wonderful technique. I mean, gets me a little hot, and I'm like, man, I don't even have a clitoris to know what this feels like, but it looks fun. <laughs> oh, they're making me hot. <laughs> yeah, until she sees her mom, and then, ugh. yeah. Ugh. Um. So uh, even though we all have said we have not been in this exact situation, did you ever like get walked in on growing up? Yes. Once. Oh, I didn't. So what was that like? Um, horrifying. Like, how bad was it? <laughs> Because there's getting walked in on and there's like getting walked in on and um, I feel like there are degrees of how bad that could be. Uh, okay. Um, trauma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going into trauma on this episode. Got it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest. I don't really remember. Like, I just remember sheer embarrassment and I don't think I came out for dinner. <laughs> so, um, and thankfully it was my dad, not my mother, um, which I just feel like it's a billion so, times uh, worse if it was your mom. Huh. Really? You think it'd be worse That's if it was your dad? Interesting. I feel, I, yeah, I feel, I think it'd be so much worse if it was my dad. Really? No. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, ugh, my dad has the same, like, my dad has the same equipment. Like, what's he, <laughs> whatever. Like, but my mom, like, that's my mom, man. I want you keep her safe. You keep her s- pristine. And like, I reckon, like, no, like, and I know my parents have sex. Like, I understand it. Like, how do you think I'm here? Uh, like, good for them. Yeah, I know. And like, I, but like, no, not, not that, not my mom. No, no. I like. It was my dad, and he after that he learned to knock, and <laughs> uh, it was very yeah. No, I think it would have been worse if it was my mom. Hmm. So Russell, care to share? <laughs> yeah. So I, my parents walked in, and I was like scratching my balls. <laughs> I wasn't actually masturbating, but they thought I was masturbating, which was far worse. 
than actually like to me at least like in the moment like i was like no i wasn't so then they just thought i was denying it which like i wouldn't have i would have just been like yeah i was doing this thing but so like <laughs> i was to try to get the them... bishop <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did, so like trying to get them to understand and they're just like laughing hysterically in the hallway after they've shut the door and i'm like what are you guys laughing about and they're like oh. like they can't talk they're laughing so hard and i'm just like i don't understand what's yeah. happening and they're like weren't you and i was like wasn't i what and then they wouldn't say it so it was like this huge long awkward like laughing conversation and i don't even know what we're laughing about yet and then finally they get it out and i was like no i was i was like itching i was like scratching myself <laughs> no i was <laughs> and then they were like no we don't believe that and i was like I wish you would have just caught me, I guess. <laughs> I have been walked in on once, but it wasn't my parent. It was uh, somebody that I was friends with from a bar. We were watching a movie after the bar closed and very, very drunk. And a boy wanted me to uh, have some video chat intimate time. So I excused myself to the other room and was like, mid arm pump like you know your veins are popping out your arms flexing like <laughs> and uh he walked in because i guess my tv had gone on sleep mode or something and yeah so i was just like looking up in pure shock with like yeah <laughs> um that was fun i <sighs> yeah and that's another thing is like i was mid stroke like that's why I'm like, if it was my mother, no, no, no. This wasn't like innocent below the covers. This was like, we were, the bishop was flogged and then he was being drawn and quartered. And like, <laughs> like <laughs> this was full on, like going, going to town. Feeling your touch and responding I, to it. Got it. I was feeling my oats. I was feeling my oats. Okay. That was God, I never thought I would say any of this on this podcast. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I'm very glad it was my father, not my mother. Not just this wasn't just uh on top of the covers or, you know, in the pants thing. This was a uh gotcha <laughs> i mean it could have been worse i've seen the killing of a sacred deer could be much worse oh, God. um so uh, that scene that we alluded to earlier where vincent cassell is being really inappropriate with natalie portman and caressing her and doing donald trump things to her and telling her to open her mouth um it's so wrong, but it's so hot. And after that scene, I think I get pregnant every single time. <laughs> and then Mila Kunis offers Nina a cigarette and she doesn't even take it. And I'm like, bitch, I need a cigarette. Like, how are you just sitting there like crying in the mirror? Oh, <laughs> just me. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, yes. <laughs> anyway um <laughs> <laughs> sorry i knocked my headphones off um <laughs> what were you doing that you knocked your headphones 
stretching my back hurt. Don't don't answer. Stretching that. my back be, hurt. Be, be, being the black swan, or were you um, living a little? Um. <laughs> no, I do not flog the bishop while we're on here. Maybe after. <laughs> if any of my friends from work are listening to this, I really do apologize. <laughs> uh, f- everybody does it. Oh, um, nobody talks about it. This is America. <laughs> oh, people talk about it. No, oh, they're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> Oops. Talk about it all the time. <laughs> it's like Fight Club. You never mentioned Fight Club. <laughs> or it's oh. the game. You talk about the game, you've lost it. God oh, damn what it. A <laughs> oh, I can't believe you did that. Man, we're just going to stop listening to our podcast now. You can cut it out if you want to, but only you two lose. Mm. Uh, hmm. Oh, I'll leave it in there. Everybody can hate you for making them lose the game. If we have any so, younger uh, listeners, they're going to be all like, what the fuck are they talking about? Uh, I don't think we're allowed to have younger listeners, but... Well, I mean, like, I Gen know. Z. Do you think kids don't know about the game? Oh, it has a Wikipedia page. Grump- Ugh, grumpy old man noses. Um <laughs> You do that waking up or moving <laughs> like more than an inch. Your body yeah. just creaks like a haunted it really house. Does. Sad. <laughs> uh, speaking of it creaking like a haunted house, that old man on the subway, <laughs> do you think he was an actor or was just like they were filming her on the subway and this just happened? Because you hear all these horror stories about the New York subway system. I'm really hoping. Oh, the dude living his life yes (laughs) are we talking the lick lipper yes i i I shouldn't have said it like that lip licker lick lip (laughs) either way i guess (laughs) yeah no that was that was i mean that was new york real person what do you think (laughs) both I love the fact that we can't tell. New York, New York, city of dreams. <laughs> I a will city say, city of drains. <laughs> no, was in dreams. <laughs> city of drains. Oh. City of drains. <laughs> I misinterpreted my bad. Yes, so that's what it's known for: <laughs> the wonderful drain system. <laughs> uh. <laughs> This is probably this is one of the most interesting ones we've had. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think of uh, the mother's resentment of Nina about ruining her career? Since you have a different view on the mother's relationship, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Russell, specifically. Um, I don't. Uh, I. I mean, I know there's some, because I am. I'm, I mean, I don't have kids, but I imagine whenever you have Ugh, kids, I mean, you just God. resent them no matter what. Um, <laughs> but... You took my youth, my beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like you're gonna resent your kids some. Like this is gonna happen. Doesn't make someone a bad parent necessarily. Uh, it's taking it out on them that you know it's gonna make someone a bad parent. So like, I don't really know how much like actual resentment there is because I mean primarily what I've what I've said is like the way I've watched the movie is at a certain point yeah I, I was aware that 
Nina is insane on some level. <laughs> what what uh, point exactly did you? <laughs> I don't know. I just slipped into it. Like that's what made that was another thing that made it so good. Was like I didn't realize that like I had realized she was like losing her mind. Like I was just like oh. Oh yeah, like the last five minutes, I've been thinking about her being insane. So this is clearly like how the movie is. So then, like from that point on, it was kind of like just watching it from like her perspective, and because there's not, I I don't really recall any scenes that she's not in. Like she's in the whole movie, right? Pretty much. I like is there a scene without Natalie Portman? This is what I'm trying to think. Um I no. I want to say no. No. Well, but that's the point. Is the whole movie is from her perspective. So, if it's very yeah. much like her mindset. So, and that's why I find your your argument of like or, or your your interpretation of not argument, interpretation of like her just <laughs> like how much of it is just her simply being like super bad shit fucking crazy <laughs> or like yeah. it's or the fact that like the entire last act could be like you know like literally she just has head drama <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that's why i find it so compelling because you're right we do never see anything not in nina's world yeah um, so i don't know so i don't know how much her mom actually resents her or if we're just feeling that, you know, Nina feels like her mom resents her, you know, because she could have said something. She could have said, like, one thing to her 10 years ago when she was younger and more impressionable that just, like, stuck with her forever. And, like, her mom could never come back from that. And she'll always think that her mom has some sort of, like, insane amount of built-up resentment towards her. So I don't, but as far as like the, as far as like Barbara Hershey's acting and like as far as the character goes and what's presented, I don't feel like there's a lot of it. There's a little bit for sure and there's going to be, but I don't think she resents her nearly as much as we're led to believe she does. Fascinating. I still disagree, but I'm loving your point of view on it. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine. Absolutely loving it. That's, um, I mean, you said it earlier, but that that is part of what makes this movie so awesome is that like, yeah, you know, we watched it and have wildly different perspectives on the movie. Yeah, I've seen this movie like so many times, and a lot of this I've like literally never thought of. Not once. It's more, yeah, it, it's more, it's more than a movie. Like this is a piece of art. Oh yeah, um, I do love on her mother thing when they were starting to have a little argument and then there's a knock on the door and um she's like who was it and her mom's it was no one and i'm like bitch that was mila kunis <laughs> <laughs> uh, but is like, it that's not no one is, uh, is it is, is it I actually mean, oh i felt like that actually happened uh, because mila kunis is all like oh you, i went home with that dude so like i feel like everything up to the like basically up to them leaving the club <laughs> is real ish <laughs> is that what you're what you were implying right oh yeah the knock happens before they go out yeah doesn't it yeah 
Okay, like, yeah. No, I mean, I was just mostly being facetious. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, no, because that actually happens because they talk about it later. Like, it can't be just not real. Are you, you're gaslighting me. <laughs> the, the whole movie's yeah. fake. It Nothing never happened. happened in this movie. It's like, like she was sleeping uh, the whole time. Never it. left her bed. <laughs> Silent Hill. Silent Hill. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I just uh, really wanted to do that. Oh, okay. I guess um, that's good enough reason. I, yeah. Uh, I love Mila Kunis describing what it's like to roll. Um, it'll relax you. It'll loosen you up. Let you see the night sky. And I'm like, all right, give me your bills. <laughs> uh, I also really love her kind of like, the look in her eyes when she's like, well, how long does it last? And she's like, oh, a couple hours tops and like looks up at her. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 sure. <laughs> Enjoy that. Uh, 12 hour time. Natalie Portman. Kind of cunty of Mila Kunis to do that to her, honestly, even though, like, she really did need to loosen up. <laughs> well, I just feel like she was, See, I don't know, like, it's another one of those things that walks that line of, like, she's either being a friend or she's being hurtful. And that's one of the moments that does it, like, because you, you're very much like, oh, yeah, she's fucking lying to her. <laughs> but, like, she also, it does feel like she's trying to, you know, like, she sees this incredibly uptight woman and is like <laughs> calm down <laughs> you need a minute <laughs> you know like you need to relax a little bit sebastian stan <laughs> you, have, you need sebastian stan apparently <laughs> who i always forget is in this movie and then i'm like ah sebastian stan <laughs> yeah that was... <clears throat> that was an interesting surprise for me <laughs> uh, but also, I th- I think she knows that the that the drugs are in the drink. She does. She does she... know that. Yeah, because she well, because she asks. She's because she asks again. She's like, "How long will it last?" After she picks up the drink mm-hmm. and shakes the drink. But then the next day, she's like, "Did you put something in my drink?" She doesn't say, "Did you?" But she was like, "You put something in my drink," and she's just like, "Uh, yeah." Um, yeah. So then the like implication so then she's implying at that point that she didn't know there was something in her drink, but we know that she knew there was something in her drink. I think she was just trying to like make herself feel better that like yeah. I didn't make this choice. I think she I um, yeah, I think she's justifying it and she's like, You're trying to destroy me, like you put something in my drink, like it's not a denial or like I don't think she didn't know it was happening, but I think she's trying to rationalize her own her own like, or her own mistrust, mistrust of, of, or her yeah. own like, or her own uh like responsibility in it. I think so. The way I took it was, like, that's one of the few moments we actually get to see that she's the bad guy of the film. Mila Kunis, like, or no, Natalie. Okay, Nina. I was like, Mila Kunis. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that Mila Kunis is out to get her. I don't her. either. I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't, I don't think she's doing that. I think Natalie Portman thinks she is, 
But then, like, the whole drink situation is super weird because if she knows it's there and then the next day she's, she's like, more accusatory or, you know, misplacing the blame or pretending she didn't know or whatever it would be, like, that's, like, I mean, that in and of itself would be, like, a form of gaslighting and her trying to you know, tell Mila Kunis that it, she was tricked when she wasn't. True. Yeah. I see that. So, uh, do you want to talk about the scene? Which scene? The dancing scene? No, I'm just I know what scene you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have some sort of lezzy wet dream about me? <laughs> Was I good? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, good God. That is, uh, it is one of the most, I don't know. It's like incredibly erotic, but also incredibly kind of creepy, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's such a weird mix of like sexual and like, like you said, psychosexual. And it's just like the special effects in it. They're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the little goose pimples rippling out as she's with her ecstasy is it's like, you know, rippling down her legs and across her neck and just Yeah. Very symbolic wink wink. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's experiencing an orgasm. Um <laughs> But yeah, Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis. I mean, what is there to talk about that hasn't been talked about already for this movie on that one? Like, it's just wonderful. I'm glad it exists. It is. Uh, Give us more hot queer sex scenes. Well, and that's another thing Um, is like, I don't know. Her interest in Tama, like, like, it seems forced in some ways, like until the end. Like, it does seem like she's attracted to him, but she's also trying to please him. And this this is the moment, like, she really lets go. And, like, you know, like, yes, yeah, yeah, she's rolling. But, like, she's also, you know, like, she's enjoying herself. Like, she's having fun. Even if it is... <laughs> she is. Like, <laughs> so, I don't know. I always, like, I love the kind of queer subtext to that too because you're very much on you know like she doesn't lose she doesn't find the pleasure until really like imagining me lacunas (laughs) till she takes some drugs you know um (laughs) yeah i wasn't gonna say that as the answer but yeah (laughs) whatever makes people happy Ecstasy. Ecstasy makes people happy. <laughs> mm. That's why it's called ecstasy. Um, I will say a side effect of ecstasy usually isn't your reflection behaving in an impertinent fashion. Um, otherwise, people would not like it as much, I don't think. Um what would you do if you were experiencing those types of shifts in your reality? Like, would you tell someone? Would you, like, go check yourself to the hospital? Would you just, like, 
the show must go on it. How would you react if you saw your um, reflection not doing what you were doing? I would immediately have seven years of bad luck. <laughs> you just <laughs> smash the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that I would. I don't know. That would be strange. And I would probably assume it didn't happen <laughs> and that I was imagining it. See, that's what I think about when I watch this movie. I'm like, okay, you're Nina. You're clearly, like, she has to know she's seeing stuff. And stuff she sees. And then it's like, you know, when she, like, pulls that big, huge thing of skin off of her finger and that disgusting shot in the bathroom and then, like, freaks out and washes it. And then it's, like, fine. And just different stuff. Like, you know you're seeing things and hallucinating. And, like, you know, she's seeing herself. And then it's not her. And that would have to be yeah, terrifying but, but like what would you do like really what would she, you do she already has i mean it makes sense why she wouldn't say anything because she already has this like perfectionist issue so like she's not gonna let anyone think that she's not in control of her like mental health you know absolutely and i think you're i think you hit it right on the head is like i don't know and like it's never like explicitly stated but like she's like you're scratch like her mom's like you're scratching yourself again and like so i feel like like nina has had problems with her like you know like clearly nina has had problems with her mental health before and like i feel like she will do anything at this point to keep this role this is all she's ever wanted she's all she's ever wanted is the lead she wants to be the star. She wants to be perfect. And she's not going to let anything stop her. <laughs> and she she hides the the scratches that are pointed out and visual like that you can you can see like she she hides those. So like it's almost like a representation of her hiding everything else that's wrong with her. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I just scratching that would just hurt and like there's so many other things you could do that you don't have to injure yourself go all out with your hallucinations but you don't have to pull imaginary feathers through your skin that's some that's a meth head show right there but uh, i would have been upset if they didn't yeah true yeah. right <laughs> well it's supposed to be yeah i don't know I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. <laughs> um. So, uh, feathers. What do you think of their transformation scene in the bedroom, Russell, where her eyes turn red and her legs snap in half? And <laughs> yeah, that was um definitely the hottest part of the movie. Mm, yeah, that's what that's what does it for you. The uh, swan legs. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Which- transformation yeah. scenes like, the fly get you get going too <laughs> yeah just something something about a uh, woman Jeff transforming Goldblum. into a bird body horror <laughs> <laughs> i do like some cronenberg <laughs> don't we all this is this is all joke <laughs> um yes. No, I I did think that it looked really good and it did like freak me out. Um so it was uh it was like a it was it was a good scene. Mhm. It 
I just think it's upsetting. <laughs> upsetting? Yes. I just, the way it looks is upsetting. Her eye is turning red. It's just uh, awful. And again, like, I have a bed frame that's just like that. So when she smacks her face, I like, <laughs> I feel that. I've gotten, I haven't like face planted off of it, but I know well enough what that feels like that. She bounces off of that, and I get a headache. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and the like the leg part of the scene where her legs are fucking bending all weird. Yeah, backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the the visuals of it, and just like the way it looked and the sound effects and stuff. Like I I loved that whole part. Like I did cringe. My feet were in the cushion by the time that scene was over. Uh, and my fingers in my mouth, but it was just, I love those reactions. Like I, I watch movies to feel things and it was, whether it be like terror or shock or, uh, you know, any sort of emotion, really sadness, whatever. Um, it, it was a very good scene to portray and, and the placement of it in the movie was perfect too. Cause it's like, that's like the beginning of the real downhill Right, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. it correctly, that's where the rest of the movie just fucking spirals. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. final like thirty minutes, thirty, forty minutes of this movie are just I feel like I'm blinking it's just over. It's on overdrive. I love it. Well, it's it's just such kinetic energy at this point. Like at this point, like you said, it is the turning point for the character because this is you know, signifying that like the black swan is taking over and like i i what happened to my sweet girl <laughs> she's gone <laughs> uh but one of the things that i vividly remember from the trailer because i remember seeing this trailer and just being like i cannot wait for this movie and it was the scene of her like pulling that feather up and her eyes just totally bloodshot and i was like oh my god natalie portman's gonna turn into a fucking swan in this movie (laughs) 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 and then i watched it and i was just like oh maybe she's not gonna what did that have to do with anything and then like you know the more i watched it i was like oh like you know because i you know, like, I, of course, I wasn't thinking, like, she's legitimately going to turn into a swan, but, like, maybe I was a little. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's very much, at, you're right, the, at this point, the turn, like, everything changes for her. Because I think at this point, everything she cannot control, like, has finally just broke her. And I think she decides whether or not, like, she's going to let it win. And she doesn't. It doesn't. She doesn't let it. She. Yeah, the only person standing in her way was her. She just needed to live a little and lose herself. Uh, Russell, you said you had your feet in the couch during that scene, but were your toes fused together? I I had to check. Mm. I hope they that were. Was... I hope they were normal. Dude, her uh... her peeling her toes apart, like reminded me of high school gym. Ew. Why? I I went to Christian school, so I feel like things were different. What happened in your gym? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, everyone 
showered together and everyone had athletes feet all the Oof. time like i was about to be like hot and then you were like athletes feet. yeah no not Does hot, athletes not feet make your, make your toes fuse together like i mean they get I like pussy, a... they blister and then you know they get stuck together this i had to explain mm. it now it's just gross and not that funny is, that is that is gross <laughs> i thought it was just like a nasty fungus i didn't know i did that <laughs> It, it does a few things. The horrors the Last <laughs> of Us scaly. didn't show us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um <laughs> yes, the special effects and sound design are amazing. Um, when <laughs> good seg. <laughs> when Mila Kunis <laughs> knocks on the door, and she turns around. Whether I have a door in that spot in my room or not, wherever I am watching this movie, um, nine times out of ten, I automatically look over my right shoulder, <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, there's not a door there, because um, the sound design is that good. Um, so uh, this ballet performance that ends up the movie, uh, what do you guys have to say about her white swan, her black swan, her finale, the twist? Oh, I, the finale of this, like, this whole, everything from, like, you know, her leaving, like, to when she gets there and, like, Lily's like, what the hell? Like, I thought I was doing it. And she's just like, and Tomas is like, well, I already asked Lily. And she's like, did you announce it? (laughs) Like, after what happened to Beth, do you really think you need another controversy? Like, that is the moment that like (laughs) the black swan is here like you know she's like she is no longer the nina that we met at the beginning of this movie she is someone different and i i also i really love the fact that she falls when she's playing odette because it's such a contrast to the beginning of the movie when you know like tama is saying you know, like, if I was only casting the white swan, it would be yours. Like, because she can do the white swan perfectly. He never worried about her doing the white swan because she could do it perfectly. It was always the problem was the black swan. And, like, so the fact that she loses her perfection doing the white swan, the the swan queen, and but does the black swan perfect perfectly, like, incredibly. And, like... It, it just just that juxtaposition and it, it it just it signifies the shift in the character as well because she loses her perfection in her light but she finds it in the dark and then she dies <laughs> um russell yeah. what do you think of this final sequence of events um i, I mean I, I agree with what sean said i think that that i think her falling uh during the perfection like the part that we've seen her do a thousand times uh well we haven't but that she has done a thousand times and done successfully i i think was a a perfect little caveat on the the scene um i would make one small change to the whole last segment of the movie what would that be i wouldn't have had her go back to the dressing room to reveal to us that she stabbed herself. I think it would have been much, I think it would have hit a lot harder and been quite a bit more poignant if we would have just randomly started noticing that she had a hole in her abdomen and was bleeding profusely along with the rest of the cast. 
see for me the uh, i get where you're coming from i like i like seeing the roller coaster of emotion that she goes through when she realizes it, it exactly i think the moment she just like for me the moment that like you know that this is it's over for nina is the moment she just looks at herself in the mirror and then just like reapplies her her like white blush like white stage makeup and like you know she is in it for the finale but she's that's it like she's done it she's hit it she's hit perfection and now it's time to like there's nowhere to go but down and so for me it's seeing that moment where you just realize she resigns herself to her fate that makes it all the more yeah poignant because if she just if she just died you would have been like well okay i get it but like for me it takes it makes the moment even more poignant because you're realizing she could she's choosing to die she's not it's not that she didn't realize she'd stabbed herself because like i don't i don't know for me i would have seen it as or i could have seen it as oh she didn't realize she did it to herself and like she's crazy enough to not notice or whatever and but like yeah. since she resigns herself to her fate it makes her perfection at the end even more like i don't know poignant yeah i don't i don't disagree with that the scene definitely gets all of that across i i just my preference would have been that when she comes back out that then she sees Mila Kunis, and we see Mila Kunis for the first time since the last time we'd seen her get stabbed to death. And then we're like, oh, so she's still alive. And then it shows, and then it show showing the rest of how it plays out with the wound and her stomach and stuff. And the the scene, the scene you're talking about, which I do agree with, gets its point across, but at the same time, still feels like it's beating me over the head with like with the point with the message i mean so, like, whereas, like, is many things but he's not subtle no. <laughs> he <laughs> well i mean there's a lot of subtleties to the movie but so like throughout the whole movie i didn't feel like anything was like 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 there were no bullet points punching me in the face you know what i mean until until that scene and then i was like okay but you didn't like you didn't have you you could have just showed me you didn't have to tell me and instead, right. like, he chose to tell. Which I understand, too, because, like, it is a wide-release film. Like, it's going to a wider audience. So, like... People will be like, where the hell did you get he... stabbed at? <laughs> yeah, there would have been a lot of that. And I try I try to think about that, too, in, in relation to, like, why they do, do certain scenes the way they do. Mm. But I just... I, my preference would have been for it to stay more, like ambiguous and and right. kind of match the tone of the rest of the film oh um, see for me i feel like her her like resignation is what matches the tone of the film because she spends i agree because she spends the whole time like chasing her perfection and chasing like some she's chasing a darker side of herself and then at the end of it she's she's admitted it and she's let it into her she's become darker she's become the black swan and like and lost and everything. lost everything because of it and it, her resignation like to just finish out her perf- like to finish it out and know that this is 
I, I, for me, I feel like she feels this is it. Like I, I felt it. Like, and that's what even in her last words, she says, you know, like I felt it. Like it was perfect. And like yeah. that for me, that's her, her resignation to finding that perfect to like finally feeling that perfection and realizing like I'm not gonna make it out of this. It just makes her dancing the rest of it even more poignant. Yeah, I get that. So, uh, as for myself, on the ending of this movie, uh, just some bullet points. Um, when Mila Kunis is like, how about I dance the black swan for you and turns around but like morphs into her, or vice versa, is just amazing. Gives me chills. And then when they're fighting on the floor and Natalie Portman Prime neck starts to elongate and she's just like it's my turn and just like roars at her and then it's like oh i'm gonna kill her and the show must go on and um <coughs> the actual black swan dance sequence is so good it makes my nipples hard every single time um <laughs> phenomenal absolutely it phenomenal. is uh, all of it yeah. all of this whole ending like oh my god by the time we get to the ending, I'm just beaming. Like, and I know that's not what you're supposed to probably take away from this, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm watching like, it. Like, literally, she's like got the veil over her face and it's like creepily like mean mugging the screen, oh, and I'm and just, just like, oh, she's fabulous. Her like, her her like stretching and just moving that like seductive, like, and like. Like a spider swimming yeah. web. Attack like, it. Attack it. Attack yeah, it. Like just this um, incredibly like sensual creature. And uh, I just every time I watch Which isn't something you tend to think of. About I'm watching Swan. this movie and like I know in my heart of hearts, I like I know you're supposed to kind of like feel bad for her because yes, this is clearly a very mentally ill woman, but she does it. She succeeds. She gets perfection, and by the end of the movie, I'm just beaming because I'm like a proud father watching my child have a win a talent contest, and I'm like, she did it. She did it. <laughs> but like, at what cost? Like, um, <sighs> I also just the entire ending of this between like her stabbing what she thinks is Mila Kunis and then realizing it's herself and just continuing on the whole entire, like, <laughs> Oh, on with the show mentality of the ending of this movie, I think is hysterical. Um, all the points that it's just like, okay, they could have done something, but you know, the show must go on. Um, I don't understand how people didn't see the blood until it was. Yeah completely covering her like you can see it from the audience like from a distance and nobody then she jumps and it's still spreading and they're all surrounding her but they don't see it until like he moves away after he's like my little princess um i find that a little bit unbelievable but that is my one singular complaint um about the entire movie it's a lot of taffeta darling (laughs) yeah uh she felt it perfect it was perfect no notes the movie ends while they're cheering her name and she dies question mark oh she dies and that's the movie that's like i think she dead. dies there's i i'm not taking notes on that she's dead <laughs> do you believe Paid it out. hollywood needs you... money 
Give it five years and there will be a sequel. Ugh, Black Swan 2. <laughs> Swan Harder. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, God. What would be another one? Like, what would they call What It would be like Black, Black Swan Sugar Plum Fairy. Like, <laughs> or something. Like, sequel. <laughs> oh, God. What? Black Swan The Return. Um. Oh. They just go far off the rails and call it. Send us your sequel ideas for Black Swan. Oh, we do not need a sequel. uh, (laughs) No, I mean, no, we don't need a sequel. But I just want to see people's ideas because I feel like that would just be really fun. Yeah, Um, also anybody who likes Black Swan, or even if you hate the Black Swan, there's this uh, YouTube video from way back in the day when this came out. Um, just look up Sassy Gay Friend Black Swan. Um, it's extremely entertaining and very worth your, like, three minutes. It is um, <laughs> On YouTube. So, uh, Russell, what are your final thoughts on Black Swan? And what would your personal score that I have been dying to know since um, we scheduled this with you? Uh, what would that be out of uh, five stars? Wait, wait, wait! No, he does the out of ten. So I want to hear. I know, well, I'll, ch- well, I'll okay, we can do five. both. He can do out of ten, and I know, you know we can. I know do how conversion. to do fractions. Oh, no, I know. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was just going to. I, I, I just was going off with yours because you have a you have a very like sophisticated way of doing it, or like how you weigh it. I, mm, uh, I don't know. Are you saying we ain't sophisticated, Sean? <laughs> We are not. You, the two of you are far more sophisticated uh, on the show than I am on mine. So. Oh, I don't know about that. We got none of that sophistication stuff. I mean, we just talked about masturbation for like a lot. For a good, um, a good yeah, for about five, five minutes, minutes instead of thirty. Podcast, yes. <laughs> okay, but yes, go ahead. Do the fraction um, if you need me. <laughs> all right, final thoughts, and then I'll rate. Um, I think the pacing of the movie, which is. <clears throat> which is usually my number one my num my number one complaint in movies, because uh, that's usually what pulls me in and out of the movie is how mm-hmm. how well or how not well the movie is paced. Um, I think the pacing of the film is fantastic. Uh, I was pretty I was engaged for the most part of the film. Um, already kind of said like you know a couple complaints with some of the acting, as far as that goes, pulling me out and pulling me back in, but the the pacing and the storytelling I think are both fantastic for the film. Uh the cinematography is pretty pretty stellar. Uh there's a lot of interesting shots and there's a lot of a lot of interesting camera tricks going on, uh which also helps keep it engaged with the film. Um and then the the dialogue about ninety percent of the dialogue is really good. They're there were probably a, f- a few lines that I was just that I thought were either a unnecessary, but once again that lends back to uh, you know discussing wide release and if making sure the audience understands what they're watching. Um, which this movie is not at as much of a fault as most movies are, so I will say that too. Um, and then overall, overall, I feel like this is a fantastic film, um, and i I'd have to I'd have to give it a 
Yeah, four point five out of five. I definitely, I definitely think it's worthy of a watch for almost everyone. Um, provided, I definitely think, uh, you know, if uh, mental illness or any sort of psychological issues is a trigger for someone, then they should not watch this. <laughs> but oh, see, whenever um, I'm feeling fucked up ment- with my mental health, I love to watch Black Swan because I'm like, ugh, I could be so much worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I get that. Um. I, I more so mean like uh like people with like schizophrenia and like people that are like are are on certain medications that might make certain illnesses worse um it's it's just I think it's just a movie that people should be careful watching um True. and I, I've never really heard it regarded in terms like that but myself watching it I was very um very anxiety inducing Darren Aronofsky for you yeah and so I looked up you know some of his other films and I've seen quite a few of his films and all of his films that I have seen I actually like so oh scratch that he did Noah I did not like (laughs) Noah I Um, haven't watched Noah it's the (laughs) Noah's I'm just like, uh, I grew up with the church too much. I don't want to see his take on Noah. It it's <laughs> yeah, a little but... overblown and a little too long, and a lot of just, I don't know. The closest I'll get with Aronofsky telling a Bible story is Mother. Mother. There's no like Noah isn't like these other films. Like these other films, I'm looking at are Requiem for a Dream. The <laughs> One of these the things wrestler. is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, Noah is like a a studio movie. Like it's not an art piece. It's not an art project. Like, it's like uh, Disney did a Bible story. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but sorry, that was out loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think the I think the film is fantastic. I just I also you know I would be wary about who I suggest who I suggest watching it just just out of like the sheer and it's not the only film that I feel that way about. There's a lot of films I feel that way about. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like a great film. Nice. I like your, I like your four and a half. Yeah. I've been very, very curious. That's I what was. she said. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> I was, I'm not going to lie. I was a little, I was not sure what you were going to give it. I will, just because I feel like Natalie Portman's performance in this is like such a, I don't know. For me, it's such a linchpin of why this movie works for me. And so I, know, I was when you, when said you said you didn't, you didn't like it, I was like, oh my god, he's like, gonna give oh, this. A, he's not gonna give this. A... He's gonna give this a two, and yeah. like <laughs> Clayton is going to blow no. his lid. <laughs> no, it. I even even discussing her acting like. Like I, I'm a little harsh sometimes on accident when I when I say things, because uh, sometimes I sound sarcastic and I don't mean to be. But like even even with her acting, like it it's not that she did a bad job. It's just I expected better out of her. Gotcha. I understand that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's, I also like, hold Natalie Portman to a high standard, so he really does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like she she's she's a phenomenal actress. So with everything surrounding this movie and everything else in this movie, I didn't quite understand why the 
at least to me anyway, her performance wasn't more like up to par, I guess, because everything about this movie is fantastic. Gotcha. Minus minus the few complaints I've had, <laughs> but you know. I, I'm I'm nitpicky, so <laughs> Yeah, that's why I like having you yeah. talk about movies. It's and like fun. I said, but I find uh, your takes fascinating. Like I I've never thought of the film in in anything more than just like yeah she's an unreliable narrator but i never took it in terms of just like it is straight up her crazy <laughs> like you know yeah. like in the in the simplest you know simplest form of the term or in the simplest form of words but like it, it, it so that i just yeah you were absolutely the right person to come and talk about it because i i never have thought of it that way so thank you I really love Thank your you. your take on things. So I appreciate that. Sean, what are your final thoughts and what are you going to give us? <laughs> you really think I'm going to give it anything less than a five? Because I'm it's definitely a five. Well, no. I, I, I you know how much I love it. <laughs> we love this movie. This is one of our favorites. This isn't just one of Clayton's. This is one of my favorite movies, too. Um, I just... Oh, this i love this movie so much um like i said i probably shouldn't like i probably get the wrong take from it and like i recognize that that's my my problems but like (laughs) i just watch this movie and by the end of it i am just uh beaming and like everything in the final like the the dance scenes and just the electric energy and kinetic like force of this movie just it always moves me um and by the time like when she finally gets to the last words of it was perfect i'm just like yes it was it really was like good job honey like (laughs) and i know that's like i said probably the wrong take but just i don't know i i'm a perfectionist and like in my everyday life and i strive like i strive for perfection and a lot of things i do and i'm not gonna lie that's also a problem because i'm also slightly lazy um so if i'm not gonna do it perfectly i don't want to do it um and so just for me just the strive for perfection yes it it tears people apart but like it also this will be a performance that will be talked about forever because of everything she just did. not my wrestle yeah <laughs> what <laughs> This is not very Russell. No, I, I just mean like not even just Natalie Portman, but also like the character of Nina herself. Like the fight, her she gets her perfection, and it costs her everything, but she got it. So like for me, I don't know. Maybe it's it's my own, you know, like craziness in it. But like I recognize that drive for perfection, and I, uh, like I I sympathize with it. And so I spend, you know, like, yes, this movie is about a woman's psyche, psyche, sorry, pardon me, a woman's psyche, essentially just like turning dark and just becoming destructive. But like, she also gains everything she wanted, like she gains the perfection she was searching for. But yes, she loses everything for it. I don't know. I this is a five star movie for me. I will sing its praises until <laughs> forever <laughs> sorry was that too much for the ending <laughs> it's okay a little bit more than a sound bite but it's it was fine. perfect <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I would 100% give this maybe five stars. I think it's phenomenal. I think Natalie's acting choices are amazing. I like the way it looks, the sound design, the story, the music. It makes me wonder if I have a feathery devil fetish sometimes. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Um, Don't we all? Yeah, it reminds me of the important things, you know, live a little. Um, Great movie, (laughs) five stars, love it, can't recommend it enough. Um, again, check out Sassy Gay Friend, Black Swan. Um, really worth your time. Uh, this was made for a little budget of $13 million and made a not too bad amount. Um, $330 million off of that. Um, this movie was a hit. I guess uh, people find out Natalie Portman and gets gone down on by Mia Lacunas and people buy tickets. <laughs> That's all you need. Um... Yeah, it's the small things in life. Yes, really is. <laughs> so, what do you guys think this is on the letterbox? Sean, give me your guess. Oh, God, I hate doing this. Um, <laughs> I don't. I love it, but like, I really feel like this one's high up there. It was very highly regarded, and I feel like it still is in a lot of circles. Um, I'm giving it a three point nine. I'm gonna say three point nine. The- 3.9. Okay, Russell, what do you think? Let's see. Uh, you explained this to me last time, and I did create a Letterbox account, but I haven't used it a whole lot. Um, it's just kind of Letterbox is all we would, uh, regular people, yes. right? Yes. Like, okay. What so, like, not average... critics or anyone? Huh? So, like, it's not, like, critics no, or anyone. It, it's just... I mean, critics might have it, but, yeah, it's just generally just people who have watched the movie. And rated it. Logged to the movie and given it a rating. What I'm going to go with 3.1. 3.1. 3.1? Yep. All right. So, this actually has a Letterboxd average of 4.1 wow. out of 5. Wow. I think, is this our I highest think rated one? this might one? be our highest rated, yeah. I'll be honest, I, I don't keep track of it. Well, <laughs> probably should. I, I don't either, but we'll I mean, let them know you, on very the next rarely see any, <laughs> you very rarely see anything even at a four, much less, you know, uh, uh, above that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, wow, that, yeah, but uh, like yeah. I said, I thought it was going to be high, but I was going to put it, in, I put it in the sweet spot. So yeah. it's higher than the sweet it, spot. It, it, it's even above the sweet yeah. spot. I mean, it's too above what is considered a perfect film, you know, that 3.9. Um, so Russell, where can people find your podcast? What's your podcast about? And, you know, what are your socials? All right. Um, so you can search Giraffe Quarters Podcast Network on pretty much anything, any podcast app. And, uh, we have three shows out, uh, every week. Um, one show is called the Smooth and Squirrel Drafty Show, uh, where they, uh, pick corresponding subjects to the letters D-R-A-F-T-Y and then discuss them. And then the other show is our movie review podcast, which is DQP Does. Uh, and it's DQP Does whatever set of movies we decide to do that month. And then the other show is uh, the DQP Weekly, and that is where we discuss uh, news, entertainment news, mostly entertainment news, uh, we go over trailers, uh, 
we do some entertainment headlines of the week and then we play a game at the end of every episode so uh you guys excited for the barbie barbie movie over there on i BQP? am so fucking excited for the barbie <laughs> movie <laughs> me too i think it looks so good <laughs> like i like just the trailer like did you see all of the lore like i probably shouldn't know as much as i know but <laughs> like all of the lore in the trailer is fucking wild alan is in the movie yeah alan I, yes i'm just waiting I, uh... and pregnant midge <laughs> yes and pregnant midge i'm so they fucking excited they just need to excited. have magic ear and ken and they've they've completed the trifecta <laughs> I'm so excited for it. I mean, it just, yeah, looks wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Cannot wait. I mean, um, just the shot of her <laughs> foot coming out of what? that mule and, like, it, her foot is still in that perfect position. Like, the Barbie, I was just <laughs> like, cinema. Cinema. Like, like yeah. yeah. I think I think I retweeted something from Chrissy Teigen, and she was like, "I just need a documentary of the shot." Like, like <laughs> here I'm gonna read it because it was just so perfect. She was she wrote, "I need to know everything about this shot. How many takes? If she held onto something, was she harnessed? Is the landing mark sticky? Are they her feet? Who did the pedicure? Really, just a documentary of the shot." <laughs> and I was like, "Understood. Yeah. Same. Same." Very excited. Who do you think is going to win that weekend, Barbie or Oppenheimer? Barbie. <laughs> is it the same weekend? Yeah, I think they're the yeah. I think the Barbie and Oppenheimer. I think released the same day. <laughs> I it's guess I'm doing feature. a double feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Fuck, uh, which one that. are you watching first, Oppenheimer? I want to save the fun one for a second. Uh, I would. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, whichever which one's shorter, which will probably end up being Barbie, will probably yeah. be the one that I would watch first. Christopher Nolan doesn't do short. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you want to find us on the socials, uh, you can find our Twitter is triple M pod with three M's. I am on Twitter at just happy to see you. Number two, letter C, letter U. Sean, you are at Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H-T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H. We are both on Letterboxd with the exact same handles as Twitter. Just happy to see you and Murph the Smurf. You can find us on Instagram at Triple M Pod with three M's. You can find us on Facebook. We have a page, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies, and we have a group, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies and You. And if you want to email us about anything, our email is Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies Pod at gmail.com. And Sean, what are we watching next time? So next week. We are watching one of the movie that got me into James Bond, and we are watching GoldenEye, the first Pierce Brosnan film, and actually, it's very much a, a first of first for Bond movies, but we'll get a little bit more into that when we watch it. Well, when we I'm talk so about excited. it, we're not going to watch it while we're doing it. I love GoldenEye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh please don't forget to give us a five star rate maybe even a review if you have time it helps so much in the algorithms don't forget to be kind to people out there it's pretty hard pretty hard these days and it doesn't cost you anything russell thank you so much again for coming i love hearing your takes on things they make me very happy inside um i cannot <laughs> wait to hear your thoughts on everything everywhere all at once later this year uh, yes 
Thanks Best for having me. Best picture winner, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, well deserved. Yeah. Uh, anyway, until next time. Yeah, thank you. Bye, everyone. Well, let me thank Russell, too. Hang on a second. Oh, Jeez. All right, all right. You can <laughs> He's just too. like, thanks, Russell. Bye. <laughs> no, thank you, Russell. It was awesome. I Like I said, we love having your opinion, and you always give us something to think about. So I really, really appreciate having you. Hope to have you back again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll definitely be awesome. back. Awesome. Now you can say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>